Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 89 of the What Are We Doing podcast. My name's Levi McCurdy, and our liquid death tower has exceeded the frame. This is the What Are We Doing podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Um, so last weekend, last weekend was pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, our friend Miranda got married. Friend of the show, shout out. Don't think her, no, they haven't been on. And we might have, we've probably talked about them. We probably mentioned our friends, Justin and Miranda. They got married. Shout out to you guys. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, I mean, of course, of course, as the residential wedding DJ, I was up. I was DJing the wedding. So we got everything together for him. We made the day happen. It was romantic. It was a beautiful day. It was a wedding day. I mean, it was great. So um, they did their own vows during the ceremony. And I mean, thank goodness, thank goodness, these two were a little traditional, okay? They met at a bowling alley, not on Bumble, a bowling alley. Like how fucking cute. Like, how cute is that? Like, here's their story. She basically, uh, she was going bowling. She asked for a five-size shoe. He said, mm, they run a little small. You should get a six. She said, no, I need a five. I know what size I am. He said, okay, then you should get a six. So he gave her a five. <clears throat> she went, tried on the shoe, didn't fit, came back. She said, hey, I need a six. He said, I told you you'd need a six. And then he said, let's go grab dinner sometime and we'll talk about your shoe size. And then she said, hey man, you don't even know me like that or my shoe size, no way. So then he had to keep going back and going back and like he stalked her a little bit. He like figured out her last name, got her phone number off the internet, figured out where she lived, showed up at her house, said, now do you wanna go to dinner? She called the police, got a restraining order. It was a misunderstanding and now they're married. So um, it's great. And, uh, you know, the whole family was invited. He's a longtime family friend. Miranda is, of course. So my sister, uh, maid of honor, bridesmaids, I don't know what role. I don't know what role Morgan played, but uh, uh, my sister was there in the wedding as a bridesmaid. So, of course, uh, her wife was there, my fiance, my mom, and of course, none other than Sandy Dunkel. Sandy Dunkel was invited and, of course, in attendance. So, we all spent the evening and day together with Sandy Dunkel at a wedding. Now, if you don't know, Sandy Dunkel needs two things on this planet to survive. And that is a decent piece of cake. Typically you get those at a wedding and Coca-Cola slushies, usually from Rudders. If not, she'll settle for sheets. If not, she'll settle for McDonald's. If not, she'll settle for the nearest gas station or convenience store that's not on defrost. Trust me, we've driven across the state. Uh, so she needs slushies and cake to function. So if you have a good slice of cake, now it could be a slice of cake from a pizzeria. She's obsessed with the cake from the pizzeria that you get down the street. If they have it because they make it in-house, it's homemade by scratch from hand. 
And so she gets it there. She gets the cake from the parties and the cake from the weddings because nine times out of 10, it's good cake because it's expensive. It's a wedding. We're spending thousands upon thousands upon 30 of thousands of dollars for most of the weddings these days. Uh, so the cakes are going to be really good. So of course we get through the ceremony, the cocktail hour, no cake at cocktail hour. So unfortunately Sandy has to be involved and eat like the vegetables, the crackers, the grapes, the fruit, the veg tray, whatever's it, you know, the fanciness, the, the meatballs, the sausage on a skewer. And then we get the drink. Of course it's cocktail hour. Who doesn't get a drink at cocktail hour? It's called cocktail hour. And so we get through the reception First dance, beautiful. Parent dances makes us all cry because the bride's crying, everyone's crying. Whole room's crying, happy tears. It's a beautiful day. We get to the cake cutting. Now, the bride and groom, much like most of our couples this year, for some reason, we're trying to figure it out, but for some reason, we're not announcing cake cuttings this year. It's something that half of our brides are doing, something that half of them are not. So some we're still announcing them, but now we're kind of making it a nonchalant event, like all eyes on me kind of thing, no more. So we're not really announcing cake, but don't worry. Once the bride and groom this past weekend were ready to cut the cake, Sandy's ears perked up and like she got like her, her hair stood up on her arm. She got goosebumps. You know, the, the fresh smell a freshly sliced cake filled the room. So Sandy Dunkel was on it. Uh, so she knew exactly when it was happening. I didn't need to make an announcement, right? <clears throat> so naturally, now for those of you who don't know, never been to a wedding before, naturally what happens when the bride and groom cut the cake, they do the little thing, they give each other a bite, we take photos, it's an exciting moment. No one's smashing anymore, by the way. Industry standards and tradition at weddings have just changed completely. Like no one's smashing the cake. I asked now all of our couples because we're surprised by how many people don't do it. And so when we have our meetings before the big day, uh, I asked them like, Hey, you guys smashing the cake at cake time with some and nothing. No, no, no smash. No smash. Now listen, we understand. <clears throat> we understand this part of the day because, uh, Bride just spent a thousand dollars on hair and makeup. She's not trying to get that ruined by a little baby piece of cake from her jackass of a new husband who just smashed it in her face after she just spent four hours literally in a room getting her hair and makeup done. So we understand why the cake smash isn't working. We like the idea. <clears throat> Here's an idea. If you're getting married and you don't want to smash the cake in uh, your face, do this, put a mason jar out, two mason jars, somewhere around or near the cake or gift table, make sure your DJ announces it or a sign or whatever. And it's, they're just tip jars. Whoever's jar, label one with bride, groom, whoever's jar has the most money in it at the time to cut the cake, that's who gets the smash. Make sure brides, you tell each one of your bridesmaids to bring a 20, you put at least a hundred bucks in, you're going to beat the groom every time because his dumb friends aren't going to have cash on them, right? It's 2023. Hardly anyone does. Come prepared. Then you smash it in his face and you're up a few hundred bucks. So uh, do that maybe if you're getting married anytime soon. Think about it. Something to consider. So 
when the bride and groom are done cutting the little piece of cake and they feed to each other and we get the picture, then it's typically the wait staff or the caterers or someone a part of the venue who there knows what they're doing. They come get the cake and they take it away to the back kitchen to slice it for the rest of the guests. Well, as soon as they were done taking the photos, because Sandy's a pro at this point, she gets up and as the lady from the catering company takes the cake away from the bride and groom to go cut it in the back room, Sandy follows the catering lady to the back room. Sandy tries to go to the back kitchen to get the first piece of cake. Uh, and so I'm pretty sure she was successful. I saw her walking out of the kitchen then licking her fingers. So who knows how many slices she ate before the rest were plated. So let's just chalk that up to maybe one, maybe two slices all ready. Um, so, you know, and I mean, it's, it's, it's just insane. It's insane. It's insane to know my mom can literally sniff out uh, a fresh cut piece of cake when we didn't announce it. Right. She literally smelled it. And now according to her, it's the third fact you should know about saying uncle, she, her sense of smell is non-existent. She claims she tells us that, I don't know, her mom like smoked while she was pregnant. So now my mom, for whatever reason, who is obsessed with candles and going to stores and smelling them and buying them. Hey ladies, why do you go buy candles to smell them? Great. Sandy's obsessed with it. So I'm think maybe she's either been lying to us our entire lives about not being able to smell or she can't smell. And just, she just, it, the mentalness of that is just her being obsessed with candles. Uh, I don't know. She claims anyways, but she can smell cake is I'm telling you. So when the bride and groom cuts it, she smells it from a mile away. So what you need to understand as well is that weddings, uh, most of them, and not particularly this one, but you know, most of them average, there's two types of people. There's people who will go up to the bar after dinner and there's two people that will go get the cake after dinner. Now you can do both, but which one you do first is what sets your priorities, right? So you go and get your drinks after dinner. That's fine. You're probably going to be most likely drinking the rest of your night. And if you go get the cake after dinner, that's fine. You're probably going to be sitting at the table eating that cake for the majority of the night. We get it. We see it all the time. And of course there's people that break out of the stereotypes. It's not everybody, but Sandy is 100% the cake getter. Obviously, uh, obviously Sandy wasn't at the bar. She got a drink during cocktail hour. So like, uh, you know, after that, after that, that was it one and done. She ate dinner and she doesn't really care. She's going to go get the cake. She'd rather be sugar hot. She'd rather have a buzz off of all the sugar and the icing in the cake than than shots from the bar. Love it. That's Sandy Dunkel. So, um, and basically these are words out of her mouth, not mine. After we called her out because we're all there, we're with her. We're in the same room as she is. We see this happening. So by the time she's gone and grabbed and eaten her sixth slice of cake, uh, we've asked her and she shouts from across the room and she says, every time one of you goes to the bar, I go and get another slice. So by the time, by the time that happens, we're calculating that's at least nine slices. Okay. So then the night goes on and on and we get to slow dance to the song. And by the time we're playing Ed Sheer and Sandy Dunkel, I mean, is at least on her 10th slice. She's eaten an entire layer 
of the cake at this point. And it was only a three layer cake and the bride and groom get to take the top layer home for their one year anniversary. So do the math. So another hour goes by and like, I'm playing the hits, you know, I'm DJ and you know, every time a song comes on, a group of the bridesmaids screams at the top of their line because it's their song from their days in college when they were drunk as fuck as they are now, except in the club and not with at their girlfriend's wedding, but it doesn't matter because the DJ's playing Mr. Brightside. So the bridesmaids are screaming. That happens every time we play the music. <clears throat> the cha-cha slide comes on right now. Listen, I get it. Okay. The world is divided on the cha-cha slide. One hop this time. You know what I mean? If you don't like the cha-cha slide, I fully understand. I fully understand. It's not for everybody. Right foot, let's go. Uh, sometimes, but if the DJ's given permission, okay? Cause sometimes we ask, right? We ask our couple, bride and groom, the last thing we want on your wedding day is for us to play a song that you absolutely despise. And some people despise the cha-cha slide. You know what I mean? So there's those good DJs who ask their couples and then there's the bad DJs who just play it and the couples who hate it just have to deal with it because they didn't ask their DJ prior if they had a do not playlist. And we do, it's fine. We may or may not be the best. Uh, <laughs> you know, good DJs versus bad DJs. Slide to the left, slide to the right. And so if like, if I do get to play it, if I do get to play it, if the bride and groom are okay, they're like, yeah, play whatever. We just want everyone to have a good time. Line dances, get everyone to the dance floor. We get it. We love it. It tells you what to do. It's easy. Everyone dances. We understand crisscross. If I get to play the cha-cha slide at a wedding you're attending and you don't cha-cha slide, everybody clap your hands. What kind of monster are you? If you don't cha-cha slide when the cha-cha slide comes on at a wedding, like the people who just sit, like lady, I'm Drake, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, you know? Like get up and dance a little bit. Now I understand, if you're consuming the most important 11th slice of cake of your evening, by all means, you don't need to do the cha-cha slide. But other than that, that's the only excuse. The only excuse to not do the cha-cha slide at your wedding is if you were eating the 11th slice of the night. That's it. You know what I mean? So I'm playing the cha-cha slide and uh, no one ever knows the Charlie Brown. It's probably 30%. 30% of people know the Charlie Brown, right? You basically, you stand up, you rock and jump back and forth. You hop back and forth on one foot front, one foot back. You hop back and forth. So Charlie Brown. Watch me do it. I do it every time. So no one really knows a Charlie Brown. And it's 2023, people. You got to learn it. Just learn it. TikTok it. TikTok it. The kids know it. There's a generation gap of adults who know the Charlie Brown and the cha-cha slide and then a group of kids who don't, and now a younger generation of kids who have TikTok who do. Again, there's a generation gap, and we're gonna get them out of here real soon, but as soon as they do, everyone's gonna know the freaking Charlie Brown when it comes to the cha-cha slide. So Sandy realizes no one knows the Charlie Brown, so Sandy takes this opportunity, takes, mm, 
Sandy uses the opportunity as if no one knows what the Charlie Brown is, right? So Sandy's mind goes, oh, Charlie Brown, the rabbit we used to have as kids. When the kids were little, we used to have a rabbit named Charlie Brown. And then immediately hops on over like a rabbit to get another slice of cake. And so she dipped halfway through the, uh, the cha-cha slide to get another slice of cake. Okay. By the time we get to five hops this time, one, two, three, four, five. My mother's on her 14th piece of cake. By the time the cha-cha slides over, Sandy's eating 14 pieces of cake. So the night goes on. We have a little bit of time left, a little bit of party time, a little bit of dancing left. And, you know, Sandy's sugar buzz is wearing off. Our alcohol starts mellowing down. It's okay. Some of us are a little drunk. Some of us a little more than others. Some of us have to drive home. Uh, it's finally time. We have one final song. One final song. I make my final announcement. We wrap it up. The bride and groom are as happy as ever. They have a private last dance on the dance floor. Something more and more people are doing as well. If you're planning your wedding, have your DJ kick everyone out, play a last song with them, you know, like friends in low places, closing time, something hype, something slow, whatever. I don't care. Whatever you want. Play that. Then we kick everyone out. And then you and your brand new husband, wife, whatever, uh, can slow dance privately together. Typically, if you have your photographer and they can stay that long, ours will, because they'll stay all day with you if you need them, unlike others. Uh, it's fine. And so you can do a private last dance with your uh, your new spouse. So everything's winding down. They get their final dance, and it's time to clean up. Everyone's carrying out stuff to the car. Mom's figuring out how she can help. You know what I mean? The venue coordinator, mind you, everyone's taking stuff out to their cars, their purse, their personal belongings, whatever, cleaning up the venue, taking stuff, the centerpieces, helping me with my lights, whatever's happening. Sandy's at her car that's parked in the cornfield like a half an acre away. It's like a three-minute walk to the parking lot of where the barn was to where the cars are. Sandy's all the way down there. And the venue coordinator goes, I've got some cake here if anyone wants to take it home. And all of a sudden, much like, you know, if you've ever seen an old school Looney Tunes cartoon, like the Roadrunner, maybe, bam, Sandy, right beside you. And that wasn't even the most impressive part. Watching her run from her car back to the barn and getting there in 1.6 seconds, way faster than like a Tesla Roadster. Okay, like Sandy's that fast. She then does like the ultimate magic trick where she goes like this, shows us her hands are empty, and then poof, pulls out, I'm not joking, a three-gallon baggie. Like, you know, the ones with the zips, the ones that Jeff's too cheap to buy when we were kids because we had to buy the fold-over baggies, the ones that drug dealers use, it's fine. She pulls out a literal Ziploc baggie that I swear to you is probably could fit one, two, probably could fit three full cases of liquid death in this baggie, ready to go. She has enough to fit half of what remains. There's probably, I don't know, maybe 10, maybe 20 slices left. She takes half because she has a baggie that is three gallons. Allegedly, she claims she gets it at Target. 
I don't know what kind of Halloween town magic trick David Blaine, David Copperfield, all the David magician names type of sorcery this was. But Sandy Dunkel came ready with a three-gallon, <laughs> a three-gallon size, fucking bigger than like my son. You could probably fit my son. You could probably fit Ollivander in the baggie. Enough to take home another 10 to 15 pieces of cake that she may or may not have consumed that night. So, I mean, it was a great, 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 great time. And the best part, honestly, too, dude, the best part is, the best part is, as we were cleaning up, we were getting all the stuff out of the thing. One of the slices Sandy took home that night came out of the anniversary piece. Miranda and Justin have one less slice out of their one-year anniversary cake because Sandy Dunkel needed one more piece. Sandy Dunkel had enough room in her three-gallon baggie for one more slice. They said, why don't we just cut this top tier? She said, why don't we just take a slice out of there? You're not going to eat the whole thing on your anniversary, are you? And so she took a slice out of the fucking anniversary piece, dude, zipped up the baggie, carried her three gallons worth of cake home, and I mean, what a wedding. What a wedding that I don't think anyone's ever going to forget. Listen, we were all in Mexico doing the same thing like a year prior. So, I mean, that one, great. That one was a lot more tequila than it was cake. But same premise, I don't think Sandy had the three-gallon baggie. She pulled out all the stops for Miranda's wedding, and it was a great day. I mean, what a, what a, what a, oof. What a wonderful, my sister gave a banging speech. The bride and groom look great. They loved each other. I mean, talk about a wonderful night. So CNN thought it would be a grand idea to host a town hall with Zaddy Trumpets this week. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I just, the, the grand old question, I guess, would just remain, when, when are media outlets, obviously other than Fox News, going to decide that having Donald Trump on their platform and try to do anything other than amplify his image further is is going to happen. Like the so I think what happened was CNN went into this whole thing thinking, okay, here we go, we got him. We finally got him to agree he's gonna do a town hall. We're gonna hit him with all these questions and he's not gonna know how to answer them. And the issue is he came with every single answer, right? Like, like how, how, how did CNN think this was going to go? Okay. Like, you know, they, they, they thought they would send out this extremely attractive seasoned anchor journalist, Caitlin Collins, and give her hardest, the hardest hitting questions about the 2020 election and the 2024 election and January 6th and everything leading up to this point. And like, they thought they were just going to nail them and nail him and nail him. And question after question after question, Trump came with answer after answer after answer. Okay? Like, listen, if you ask Biden what day it is, he can't even give you a straight answer. Okay? Like, like Biden doesn't even... <laughs> Biden isn't even asked a question and can't even get two words out with sounding like a babbling idiot, Right? Like, I mean, he sounds like, like this, kind of, just a little bit, right? I honored a group of trailblazing artists with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. 
The group included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and 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 Joan Shingang. I'm going to pass my Shanga Kawawa. I think I pronounced it correctly. She can call me Joe Bidden. I honored a group of trailblazing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what are we talking? Hey, what are we talking about? We, we, I honored, I honored, I honored a group of trailblazing uh, Asian art, artist uh, like Vera Wang and Shoshka, Shasha, Shasha, Koala. Ah, she can call me Joe, Joe, Joe Bin. Like, like we. Like, <laughs> he can't, we can't rub two brain cells together just to figure out the name of the woman he just gave a presidential medal to. And, and Joan, Shingang, I'm going to pronounce her, Shanga Kawawa. I got it. Okay, I think, listen, okay, never mind. I'm sorry. The more that I listen to it, the more I understand it. So what it is is you can't you can't just listen to it once. That's what it is. The, it's clickbait. I think what's happening here is the president of the United States is clickbaiting clickbaiting us. If we have to watch it again, that's like two views per person. If I can hear what he says every time, that's just one view. But if I have to go back and watch it three or four times, I mean that's times every American on the planet. That's your numbers right there. I mean, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. 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 Listen, and I mean with all this presidential campaign talk, I'm not any on anyone's side, okay? I probably won't vote in 2024. I don't care what's going on, okay? Because everything we're discussing here, everything we're discussing is real. And all of these people to me are just entertainment pawns. They're just pawns in the entertainment industry that give us entertainment that make a, there's, there's a reason like it's just, it's hilariously funny to me that Biden, the president of the United States can't get out a sentence and don't even get me started on Kamala. Like Kamala Harris, we almost, I almost did an entire episode. I almost had a whole hour written bashing and just destroying and bringing down the ever-living existence of Kamala Harris. And then as soon as I saw one little tiny, like a, a flick of the switch, changed my mind, and I'm now the biggest fan. We're rewriting the whole thing. We'll have a better episode coming out soon dedicated to the efforts and the amazingness and just the overall hysterity of Kamala Harris. We flipped. We flipped on Kamala. Okay, listen, at first we didn't like her. <sighs> Any woman, okay, who in position of power, doesn't matter who she is, her skin color, where she's from, race, whatever. Any woman in the position of power with heritage like hers who puts parents of children in jail for truancy and other minor crimes, like Kamala Harris as a judge, nasty, nasty person. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. <laughs> but now, okay, now that she doesn't really have a job, like she's the greatest. Because I'm almost positive, I'm 99% sure 
Kamala Harris is using chat GPT to run her everyday life. Like she doesn't even, and like she doesn't have a job. I said, I mean, there's no job for Kamala Harris to actually have the job of the vice president. I mean, literally, I mean, she says it, she says it was the actual role on a daily basis as you have found it. Well, I have the great privilege of serving with Joe Biden, who was president of the United States. Right. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And and was vice president. Right. Does that affect it? Does he understand what it's like to be a vice president? He does. And he is. He really is a true partner and he understands the job. And remember, we came in during the height of the pandemic. Yes. And so, so much of the work was about, okay, we've got to cover a lot of bases and let's figure out how between us we can do it. But he is um, an extraordinary leader and I wish that people could see what I see because uh, there's only one person who sits behind that resolute desk. And the decisions that that person has to make are the decisions that nobody else in the country can make. And he's an extraordinary leader. <clears throat> so that's it. That's the end of her question. And then the interview, and then she somehow diverts and the interview goes on. We flipped on Kamala Harris. She's literally using chat GPT. She's literally said chat GPT. What is one thing that the vice president does on a daily basis? And so then chat GPT spits out the, it is the vice president's job to assist the president on a daily basis. What does the president do? The president sits at the resolute and it's like, so she uses that and that's how she answers all of her questions. And it's like, she asks is like, now for now for the longest time, my parents and the people around me, they didn't know what I've, they didn't know what I do. They still don't know what I do. People still, I don't know what I do, like how I'm able to afford my bills and make money. It still baffles me. Like, so, you know, like when people ask like my mom, like, you know, like, oh, what does your son do? I think we might've even interviewed her once. I think at a job I worked at for a blog post or something, we were supposed to ask our parents what they think we do. And then we're supposed to get their response. And so like, you know, my mom, of course, you know, whatever she thinks, you know, he does card tricks and makes websites for people somehow. So like I fully get it. I fully understand not knowing the job of what you're actually supposed to be doing. But the issue is this is the most important one. Hey lady, this is the most important job. So the fact that you don't understand it and you have it is a bit of an issue. And by the way, she doesn't even know, by the way, like, let's just get the simplest of terms out of the way. No one's ever asked her that because they're afraid. And like, you know, what does that look like? No one's going to go, none of her advisors, none of her people, none of her close friends, none of her family. They're all boosting her up. They're all telling her she's doing a great job. Oh my God, vice president, you're amazing. And if they don't, she never talks to him again. And if they do, they're not going to her and being like, Hey, Kamala, what, like, do you, what do you actually, what do you actually do? Like, is there something like, what do you do on a daily basis? What's your job? What do you do? You started a fire in your office the other day. Yeah, that was, what do you like? Is there something that the vice president, like what's your job description? 
And guess what? I think we figured it out. I think we figured it out for her. It's that it's this, like, this is it. Like the job of the vice president is to literally do absolutely. I got a little bit of slang that came out a little wrong there, but is to do absolutely nothing and just go on daytime television rallies and interviews and just say nonsense. When they ask you what the job is, you don't know what the damn job of the vice president is. No one does. No one does. What's the job description? Go ahead to, to back the president. Okay. All right. Great. Well, that's why he picked her. She already did that. That's why they're in this thing together. So again, what does the president vice president actually do? This is it. They go on Colbert. This is it. Kamala. You should have said, this is it. When, when, when Stephen Colbert asks you, what is, uh, what actually, what's, um, what is the role? What is the vice, the role of the vice president? You just say this, like, that's your job. You go on Stephen Colbert, you go on, you, you know, you did what Fallon last year, whatever. It's like, this is it. Their job is to go on late night talk shows and get the Democrats and Republican, the audience and the people watching at home, all hundred thousand of them and get them all rallied up. And so instead of answering just a very generic basic question of what do you do? Like, what's your job description? Like, what do you do on a daily basis? She says, you know what? I work with Joe Biden and Joe Biden, Joe Biden is the president. Like, you know, well, well, Steve, Steven, Steve, can I call you Colbert? What? This is what the vice president does the vice president. And you know, oh God, this is, oh my God. Kamala's like, Kamala does Kamala does what everyone does when she doesn't know the answer. And like, so she just repeats the question. And basically what that does is gives her enough time to come up with even more bullshit than what she had already come up with just moments ago because she still has no idea what the answer to this man's question was. And so, so, you know, Stephen Colbert just says, so what's, what actually, what's, uh, what does the, uh, what's the vice president do? What's your role? What, like, what'd you do? Uh, what'd you do on Monday? What'd you do yesterday? And then she goes, you know, I'm vice president because I, I get to sit beside Joe Biden and Joe Biden is president of the United States. And guess what? He sits at a resolute desk. And because he does that, he has to make the hardest decisions every day. He has to, I mean, the man works so hard as the president of the United States of America. And that's just what, that's what I'm here. I'm just so proud of him. And that's what, that's what being president is all about. And then the, the, the crowd claps for no reason at all, for no reason at all. I, I mean, I mean, chat GPT is just writing her boomer responses a hundred percent of the time. So CNN then decided that they were, they wanted to do another roast of Donald Trump, even though comedy central already did that. Um, it didn't go as planned. It didn't go as planned at all for CNN. I mean, there's no way, there's no way 
this is how they expected or anticipated uh, this to go, you know? And listen, when you poke, what happens when you poke a bear with a stick? So, of course, you know, Trump Trump had his, he had to know. Like, he knew the hits were coming. He's just been, I guess, jury found him guilty on a charge or something, $5 million, an author, sex essay, I don't know, maybe. That whole thing's happening. He got indicted a few weeks ago. That whole thing's happening. And so, you know, he knew the hits were coming. So he prepared. And guess what? Boy brought receipts. Like literally, literally printed screenshots all in 4K. I mean, I don't care. Listen, I don't care whose side you're on left, the right, Democrat, Republican, Biden wouldn't do this. DeSantis wouldn't do this. Any of them. They don't have the fucking balls. But zaddy trumpets came prepared. Okay? Talk about fucking legendary. You they know- went to the Capitol, and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers. Why did you? Why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. <laughs> so, so if you look at hold on, Paul. He looks to the crowd and says, "I don't want to pull that out. I have to. I have to pull it out." As if he's laying his fucking huge dick right on the table, right? Like, don't make me pull. Hey, three hours. You sure about that three minutes? Are you sure about that three hours? Like he's sitting there listening, thinking, hmm, huh, three hours, huh? That's what you, that's the timeline you had there, huh? Three hours? Let's say, hold on. Three hours. No, no, that doesn't add up. I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. <laughs> so, so if you look at on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before. And this was in the form of Twitter. Now use truth, truth social. I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's on truth. I hope everybody's on truth. Uh, you look January 16th. I just, I just signed up for truth social, by the way. I am asking Legit. for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. This is right after, as it was happening. But what happened is they took it down. I don't know why. I think they took it down because it was so good. They didn't like it being up there. I am asking, this is, and we didn't know until I got it back, because now I have 90 million people waiting for me to go back, but I'm on truth, and I'm staying on truth. Listen, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violation. We want no violation. We want no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was at 2.30. That was very early. Mr. President. He's just reading, he's reading his true social post now on CNN. And it's like, it's great. It's great. It's too comical. It's entertainment at its best. 
She says, are you sure about that three? You didn't say shit for three hours, Donald Trump. Uh, Mr. President, you didn't say shit for three hours. And he said, no, 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 no. Here they are. Got him right here. Got him. And he's flashing them to the crowd so they see him. Here they are. And it's like he starts reading his tweets, starts going through the timeline. And then, of course, the plugs. The plugs for True Soap got me to sign up. We're making an account right now. Now, unfortunately, their video upload policy is a little strict. So we're going to try to work with their team over there to kind of boost those a little bit. 10 minutes, 300 megabytes, a little... Mm. But we're working on getting clips back for the channel because, like, I just don't have time to clip this podcast. So we're working on hiring someone to do that for us. And so hopefully that'll help with that limit. And we can start uploading all of the clips for this podcast on True Social. Uh, and hopefully, who knows, maybe Trump will see it and he'll come on and talk to us about everything and anything on the podcast. So and it's like he uh, pulls them out. He pulls out receipts and is fact-checking himself in real time. And he's like, yeah, listen, the Twitter, Twitter, they deleted it. Elon wouldn't have deleted it, but True Social, I didn't have True Social at the time. I posted it. We found out later. They deleted my tweet. It was too good of a tweet. It was too good of a tweet. Not because it broke standard or, you know, uh, website guidelines or policies or broke any type of, you know, anything there. It was too good of a a tweet. I mean, town hall, a debate, whatever type of setting, like what president or presidential candidate or anyone alike has ever, ever pulled out a full multi-sheet printout of tweets and timestamps of when they literally didn't allegedly tell people to riot and told them to be peaceful and the vice versa, whatever side you believe the facts of the day don't matter. But I mean, what kind of, we don't listen, we don't get this kind of entertainment with like the current, the people you think this is funny. You think this is funny. Like this is not funny. Like this is not, this is not funny at all. Who the hell is this guy? Are you with him? Yes, yes, this is my wife, Eckhart. Oh, what you? What an honor, what an honor this is. Wow. Like, what even just happened? You may not know this, but I love getting selfies. This would be the selfie of all selfies. You ready? Yes. Okay, yeah, so that's what I thought. Okay, so Jonathan so so Jonathan Kwan or or Ki Ki Kihue Kwan, I think I'm saying that right. You either know this man as uh from the Goonies or as a shortstop on Indiana Jones, the original ones, like you know, Okie Dokie Dr. Jones, that guy, that's him. Or you know him from everything and everything, everywhere, all at once in where it is and not where it needs to be. That movie that won like all the awards like a few minutes ago, that guy, that's him, his wife. For whatever reason, we're doing a bit where he's meeting the president and shaking his hand. The president's pretending like he has no idea who he is. That's the best humor we can come up with. The best humor in 2023 that we can do for social media. And the caption, the caption is jokes on him. I'm the king of taking selfies. 
or whatever it is. What is it? What is, what's the exact term? What is it? Let me, hold on, let me get it right. Oh, right here. Little did he know he was dealing with a selfie expert. As if we're supposed to believe President Biden's a, a, an expert at taking selfies. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, 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 well, you know, while freaking, while, while Biden's messing around with taking selfies with, with, you know, childhood actors and, and his wife, let's not forget that, the, I don't know, there's a war happening. Like, you know, this, so, and, and Trump has this, this statement and we, we've heard this before from Trump, right? This whole end it in 24 hours. I think the last interview Trump did, he was like, yeah, I'd end the war in 24 hours. Give me 24 hours as president. The war is over. Now, this is a claim, of course, and it's fucking ridiculous. And like, obviously that won't actually happen. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Who knows? I guess we'll probably see. Um, but you know, that's nothing new. He's been on record saying that. Uh, since then. Um, but you know, he said, you know, as pre as Pat, I need the power of president in order to get Zelensky and Putin to sit down in the same room. And then they're going to do a slow dance together to that new Ed Sheeran song on his album minus subtraction. And, and then they're going to hug it out and then the war is going to be over. And that's how he's going to solve it in 24 hours. Um, but like, I mean, it's just, and honestly, dude, I mean, this is, this, this was a pivotal moment in the town hall. I mean, talk about the most perfect answer. What do you give Ukraine weapons and I was and impeached funding? by a crazy woman named Nancy but Pelosi. But the question here <laughs> is, would you give Ukraine weapons and... He said, I was impeached by a crazy woman named Nancy Pelosi, which is obviously the tail end of the last question. Don't care what it is, not going to look it up, because that is hilarious. So then she asked, would you give Ukraine weapons? Funding if you were elected. I would sit down. Let, let me just put it a nicer way. Uh, if I'm president, I will have that war settled in one day, 24 hours. How would you settle that war in one day? Because I'll meet with Putin. I'll meet with Zelensky. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Yes. What do you... Can I just follow up on that? You but said you don't think you in have terms to do of winning is you and have losing. To get the, you have Mr. To President, get Europe. can I just follow up on that? Because that's a really important Excuse statement me, let me that just you just made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. It's like, and, and then... I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power. Okay, let's be honest. He's not going to have it done in 24 hours. He might have it done in 24 months. He would probably have it done in 24 months. Maybe, maybe 24 weeks, but I would say 24 months he'd have it done. Now, listen, the clip needs broken down into two parts. First of all, the trail into the back question. I need that quote on a shirt. Okay. I was impeached by a crazy woman named Nancy Pelosi needed on a shirt. Like hilarious. I don't give a shit what happened. I don't care what he did. I don't know what they were ranting about. I'm pretty sure half of it wasn't real. I'm pretty sure half of it was. I'm pretty sure he did 90% of the stuff he said they did. I'm pretty sure he lied about half of it. I'm pretty sure they lied about half of it. Who cares? It's politics. But I was impeached by a crazy woman named Nancy Pelosi on a shirt immediately make money, make it happen. 
And then, of course, the crowd cheers after that. The, the man's truly an American hero. Secondly, the question. What kind of question was that? What? Hey, who do you want to win a war? Lady, what do you think? We're playing Monopoly? You think Putin and Zazinski are fucking just playing Uno and like they keep going out at the same card and like they got to reshuffle the deck and like Zazinski just passed go and Putin's like, wait a minute, I'm in jail. You don't collect $200? This isn't a fucking board game. What the fuck? Who do you want to win the war? The war? Do you know what a war is? Like, people are dying every single minute. And she asked the president, Donald Trump, or a president, Donald Trump. She asked Donald Trump, who do you want to win the war, Russia or Ukraine? Like, (laughs) could you imagine if Trump, just imagine for a minute if Trump was like Biden. Imagine for a minute if Trump was like Biden and had two brain cells, right? And was like, listen. And she said, she said, who do you want to win this war, Biden? Do you, Russia or Ukraine? And Biden, without skipping a beat, goes, the Ukraine, of course, they're our ally. Listen, folks, when I was younger, the grass in my backyard swayed back and forth in the wind, and it doesn't matter if we go here or there, as long as the foundation and time we spend here and now is understood, and that the people, folks, once you realize that now is more than ever the time that we need to ever come together, you'll understand. Instead, instead, he says, the Donald Trump says the only correct answer to who do you want to win the war? Like, just like imagine, have, let's have some more fun for one more second. Trump says like, she, he, he, Trump doesn't have two brain cells. And he's a, he says, well, Russia, of course. And then Putin immediately launches a nuke. Like as soon as if Trump would have said Russia, like, Putin would have been like, that's it. We have a support nuke launched. Like as soon as Putin gets wind of a United States president supporting Russia, it's game over and Ukraine's going to get knocked off the map. Like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) who do you want to win the war? I just, I don't understand that question. And like to think that that was an amazing, it doesn't matter who she's asking. Like even asking a random person on the street as a journalist is just like, how am I supposed to answer that? I guess, I don't know, Ukraine, but like people, Russians are dying too because it's a war. Like, how dare you? Like, that's just, I don't, here's an idea. Why don't we send Caitlin over to the Ukraine and while she's over there spending some time, she'll get her nails done, get her hair cut, relax by the beach, drink a couple margaritas on the rocks. And when she's ready to come back from her relaxing trip to the Ukraine, we'll then send her to do the same thing in Russia for a week. And then once she's done spending time in each country, she can come back to the U.S., get on CNN and officially announce who she wants to win the war. You know, like, what do you think's happening over there, lady? Like, it's a war, right? 
And so, of course, to finally end the night, we we swing right back around to like the election results. And of course, Trump, uh, you know, the answer he she literally she literally asks him a question. He answers it. She re-asks him a question. He gives her the same answer, comments on the fact that he's giving the same answer and asks the same question again and then answers the same way again for a third time. It's the most genius back and forth i've ever seen my adhd can't handle it ready here we go nominee and you were in that 2024 race will you commit tonight to accepting the results of the 2024 election yeah if i think it's an honest election absolutely i would will you commit to accepting the results of the election regardless of the outcome you want me to answer it again if i think it's an honest election i would be honored to and right now we are so far ahead of both democrat and republican And you know what? If I don't win, this country is going to be in big trouble. It's so sad to see what's happening. But no commitment there on the accepting the results, regardless of the outcome. If it's an honest election. Correct. Uh, Okay. so not committing to accepting the 2024 election. (laughs) A fourth time. A fourth time. And he shoes her off in the booth. The crowd boos her. Whose idea was it to put Trump fans in the audience? He like she asked him five times. He said the same answer six times. I'm not on anyone's side here, but this lady got her ass grilled that night. I guarantee you she went home and on her way, she picked up a big box of box wine, maybe two, maybe the hard stuff, a box of chocolate covered pretzels and a bunch of other junk and went and crawled up into her bed and cried and cried and cried because it destroyed. This was insane. I mean, he just, uh, uh, man, what a way to end the night. And then he, and then if he calls her a nasty person, I mean, it just, it, it doesn't get any, uh, what happened in 2020 president Trump. I want to thank you for your race. Uh, It just, I, I can't, I, I think it's amazing. I can't wait to see this man. Listen, I said it a few weeks ago. I'll say it again. The only reason we need him back as the president is for the entertainment. I don't get, I don't know anything about policies. I don't know anything about taxes. I don't know anything about politics. All I know is it's boring now with what we've got going on. We've just got actors at the white house taking selfies with the president and Kamala Harris on late night television. When what we really need is someone who prints out their own tweets to combat the debate that's currently happening on CNN. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the What Are We Doing podcast. My name is Levi McCurdy, and uh, I cannot wait, cannot wait for you to come back next week for episode 90. We are so close to episode 100. I'm trying to get some stuff planned for that episode. Some guests that we're still trying to have on the podcast. Uh, We need Tim 20 minutes back, okay? Let's get him on it. He's having a rough go. He skipped a few weeks. Tim needs our help. Let's bring Tim on and make him laugh. So we're going to reach out to Tim 20 minutes and get him back on the podcast. We also need uncle laser. Uncle Laser's doing his shit right now. And I know he's blowing up, but I need that man on this podcast as well. I need to tap into his brain. I need to know what he thinks, how he thinks, how it works, everything he's got going on. I need to know his life from the beginning Uncle Laser needs to be on this podcast. We've got episode 100 coming soon. Megs wants to be on the podcast. We've got so many things coming. Listen, wadpod.com 
backslash YouTube is a very important link right now. We literally need like 50 people. I need as many people that listen to this podcast on a weekly basis to go to wandpod.com backslash YouTube, hit the big red subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And please hit the bell, the notifications, the likes, the thumbs up, leave a comment, do whatever you need to do to help support this podcast. It's free. Listen, hey, if you don't listen to me, listen to the only other boss you know, Rick Ross. When I go to these young niggas' pages and I only see one like after eight minutes, all that tell me is everybody you grow up with, they see it and they go by. They don't hit that button. Why don't they hit that button? Is, is it because of the things they've said amongst others and they don't want to seem flaw liking or supporting what you got going on? 80% of the time when I see my people, I ain't even listening to that shit. I like it. If that's my partner, if that's my homie, and if that's what he on, I'm with it too. I like it. So um, check us out, wadpod.com backslash YouTube, wadpod.com backslash links. Everything's in the description in the show notes down below. Of course, you can find it there. You know where we're at on Twitter. You know where we're at on social media. You know where we're at everywhere on the internet. We're everywhere and anywhere. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Anchor Podcast. Well, which is just Spotify now, I guess. So, you know, it's going crazy over here. Shorts blowing up. YouTube blowing up. Numbers going crazy. We're almost at episode 100. We're going to have Carlos back on this podcast from the 280 Plus. I just did his podcast. If you haven't checked out that episode from last week, check it out now, dude. I got to go. I've got lunch downstairs and I'm pretty sure it's Chick-fil-A. Okay. We support Chick-fil-A. Some of the gays do. Some of them don't. We talked about it. It's kind of weird now. I don't know. They might support Chick-fil-A. We still do, even though we don't support the Budweiser anymore. We're only drinking Angry Orchard in this house and on this podcast. So if you ever see us drinking beer, it's going to be Angry Orchard. Check it out. Episode 89 last week's. If you haven't done so already, this has been episode uh, this has been episode 89. Jesus, dude. Holy shit. Another week, another episode down. I love you guys. Thank you so much for watching. If you're still with me and still listening, big things coming soon. We've got some big announcements. I didn't want to say it for everyone else, but if you're still here, it's coming soon, dude. Peace out, everybody. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys next week. This is the What Are We Doing podcast.